Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be answering a really great question, which is, how do you write a logline? And actually, before we start talking about how to write a logline, I think it's pretty important to talk about what is a logline? I mean, sure, we all know what a logline is, right? It's a short sentence uh, that tells what uh, a movie's about, right? So we all technically know what a logline is. We see crappy loglines all the time, right? On Netflix and Amazon. Uh, they're not usually very descriptive. They don't usually make you really feel anything, but we see them all the time. And if you browse the internet, there are 50,000 different formulas where people tell you this is how you write a logline, um, as if there was a simple rule that you simply had to follow that would make a one-size-fits-all logline that would work for any story. Um, you're probably not surprised that I disagree with this idea. Um, I think what a logline is, understanding what a logline is, starts with understanding what a logline does. First, a quick bit of history. Where do loglines come from? Back in the day before we had Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and DVRs and all this fancy stuff that we have now, we had this crazy thing called television. And in order to figure out what was happening on television, there was basically one resource. It was a magazine called TV Guide. And people would go to TV Guide and they would look up uh, let's see what's on at 8 o'clock tonight on CBS. They would look it up, and voila, there's the name of some movie that had been in the theater a long time ago. So uh, you don't want to just see the title. I mean, this movie was in the theater a long, long time ago. You, you might have completely forgotten what it was. So underneath the title, there would be a short description called a logline. Um, and it was called a logline because the studios would send the line to be logged at TV Guide. So it's important to understand that logline started as a marketing tool, not as a writing tool. Um, they're often now marketed the opposite way, right? Like start with a logline, right? Once you got your logline perfect, then you can write your script. And my belief is, Look, if the screenwriting gods are kind and, you know, you're in the shower rub-a-dub-dubbing and oh, the heavens open up and suddenly the perfect log line comes down to you, please say thank you, screenwriting gods. Thank you, screenwriting gods. I will take this beautiful log line and I will do my best to execute it. Uh, but if you're a screenwriter or really any kind of writer, you know that it doesn't always come like that. It's not always so clean and simple. Sometimes it comes as a character. Sometimes it comes as a world. Sometimes it comes as a line of dialogue. Sometimes it comes as a question you don't know the answer to. Sometimes it comes as a reaction to watching something else. So if the screenwriting gods are not kind enough to give you a perfect logline, it's important to remember that God did not come down and say, um, you must have a logline before you write a screenplay. In fact, this is a marketing tool that used to get done after the movie was already completed, after it was done and over, right? After it had already been made and screened theatrically, it was a marketing technique to be logged with TV Guide. Okay, so now that we know the facts, um, it's important not to confuse this marketing trick with, uh, with the writing trick. However, times change, and now a logline has become a vital sales tool. But that's important to listen to too, right? It's not a writing tool, it's a sales tool. 
Which brings us to what is a logline really there for? What's the point? Why is there such a thing as a logline? Why do we even need it? There's only one purpose to a logline. The purpose is for someone to read it and go, oh, yeah, I'd like to watch that. That's the only purpose. The only purpose of a logline is for someone to read it and go, oh, yeah, I'd like to read that. That's the only purpose. If your logline makes somebody go, oh, yeah, I'd like to read that, your logline is successful. And that's true whether you follow one of the trillions of formulas out there or whether you make up your own unique logline that's just perfect for your script. Um, but as you can imagine, what's more likely to get somebody to go, oh, I want to watch this. I want to read this. A logline that follows the same formula that everybody else is following? When a man finds out blah, 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 he must blah, 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 blah in order to blah, blah, blah before this terrible blah, blah, blah happens, right? But one man, right? If you put your logline into that cliched form, most likely people are going to hear it and go, oh, this is a cliched movie. This is a cliched show. It sounds cliched. It sounds like every other freaking show. So, Instead of thinking about a logline as a rule, think of a logline as a little poem. A logline is a little poem about your piece that captures the answer to one really important question. Um, it's a question that you're quite familiar with because literally any time anybody has ever recommended a show or a movie to you, this is the question that you've asked. So somebody says, ah, you know, you should really watch Mayor of Easttown. And you go, ah, dude, cool, what's it about? But when you ask what it's about, you're not really asking, will you give me all of the plot of Mayor of Easttown and tell me every single thing that ever happens in the show? Of course not, right? That's ridiculous. You're saying, hey, am I actually going to like this? Tell me what this is about in a way that's going to make me go, oh, that sounds like something for me. Um, so what's it about? But not really what are all the details, right? If your logline captured all the details, it would be a screenplay. What we're really trying to do is capture the essence of what makes this script, this movie, this TV show, this play, this comic book, what makes it cool. And not just what makes it cool, what makes it slightly cooler than other shows, movies, plays, scripts, novels, short stories of this type? Um, because that's really all anybody's asking, right? When they want to watch a movie, watch a show, buy a movie, buy a show, really all they want to know is, am I going to like this? And number two, can I sell it to other people? So a logline is really just that simple answer to what's it about. Um, and there are a couple of things that you can keep in mind. If you hit these few ideas, there's a good chance that your logline is going to work. And if you don't hit these ideas, there's a good chance that your logline is not. So here are the three things to keep in mind. Number one, your logline should feel like your show or your movie or your novel right? Your, or your play or your comic. Your logline should feel, I'm going to say that one more time. It should feel like your show. People are buying a feeling. And so this is another reason why these formulas for loglines don't work, right? Um, if 
if I say to you, you know, a curb your enthusiasm follows one man on a desperate mission to deal with his neuroses um, in a dark world filled with the rich elites. Uh, let me retake that. So uh, if I'm pitching you curb your enthusiasm and I say curb your enthusiasm is a neurotic man's quest to overcome the limitations of his own neurosis before he destroys every relationship in his life. Well, it's technically true about Curb Your Enthusiasm, but you're probably not going to watch it, right? A logline about Curb Your Enthusiasm better make you laugh. And if it doesn't make you laugh, and it doesn't make you laugh in a kind of silly way, then it's not a logline. Um, similarly, if you are another comedy show that I love, right? BoJack Horseman, right? If you're pitching BoJack Horseman, it better make you laugh, but it better not make you laugh in the same way that Curb Your Enthusiasm makes you laugh, right? So, uh, if you're writing a logline for BoJack Horseman, it should probably have 575,000 different puns in it. It should probably be silly. And it should probably pluck your heartstrings in some way, make you almost want to cry and kind of wonder why. It needs to feel like the show, not like every detail of the show, but like the main thrust of the show. If you're writing for a, a logline for Hereditary, it should feel really dark and complicated and scary or a quiet place, right? It should feel terrifying, but have the feeling of the love of family underneath it. Whereas if you're writing a logline for Parasite, it should be super dark, but also a little bit funny. Your logline should feel like your show or should feel like your movie. So that's number one. Number two, to think of um, feeling, feeling is just another way of saying genre, right? Um, genre is what people buy when they watch movies and shows, but they're not buying genre the way you think they are. They're not buying action movies. They're not even buying critically acclaimed action movies popular in Williamsburg, which is what you'll see if you look at your Netflix feed, right? Um, what they're actually buying is a very complicated combination of feelings and kinds of story elements, right? And worlds that they're interested in, right? It's a very complicated puzzle. Uh, in fact, part of the reason Netflix is so successful is that they figured this out, right? Behind the scenes, they have something like 270,000 different tags that they combine together to create genre. So when you're talking about genre, you're not talking romantic comedy, you're not talking drama, you're not talking anything that simple. You're talking about an, an ecosystem of feeling, right, within a type of movie. So the next thing that you want your, uh, the, the, so the first thing you want your, your logline to do is capture the overall feeling. The second thing is you want your logline to capture how your script is slightly different from others in the genre. Okay. Not completely different, right? Not unless you're writing Synecdoche, New York. It doesn't have to be completely different from everything else in the genre. But how is it slightly different, right? So I like these kinds of movies. I like these kinds of shows. But I don't just want to watch the same show I already watched, right? Um, 
even if I'm watching the Avengers, right? I love the Avengers. Wonderful. The Avengers. It's awesome, right? But I don't want to just watch exactly the same movie each time. I want to understand why this Avengers story is slightly different from another Avengers story and how that Avengers story is different from a show like WandaVision, right? Which takes place in the Avengers world, but we can all agree is quite different. So the second element is how is your logline slightly different from others in this genre, right? What's the little twist? So let me give you an example. Here's a movie we all know, Jaws, right? One of the great movies of all time, one of the great titles of all time, Jaws, right? The title feels like the movie. Um, but let's assume that you're buying Jaws. You're the producer buying Jaws. Well, most likely, you're kind of into the idea of a scary shark movie. And sure, you know, you got Peter Benchley's book and Peter Benchley's book's awesome, but he's not the first person to ever think about writing a movie about sharks. I mean, in fact, sharks were all terrified of sharks, right? Everyone's scared of sharks, most people at least, right? We all have that fear of we're swimming along one day, we're on vacation, we're all sunburned, we're wearing our goofy, goofy hat or goofy shirt or whatever, we're flopping around with our family and suddenly, gonk, right? We all have that fear. So, you got to guess it. Peter Benchley is probably not the first person to write a uh, wonderful novel about a killer shark. And this is probably not the only killer shark script that the producer who wants to make a movie like Jaws is reading. So we want to know what's slightly different about this script. So if, if you started with a logline like, hey, a killer shark terrorizes a sleepy beach town in the height of tourist season, well, that's true. That's true. That's Jaws, right? And it feels feels pretty scary. I feel scared about that idea of this shark terrorizing this sleepy little beach community with all these tourists around, right? That feels like Jaws. It's the genre of Jaws and it's clear, but you know what? I might not buy it. I might not even read it because I might be like, yeah, it sounds like every shark movie. But... If I give it one little twist, a killer shark terrorizes a sleepy little beach community in the height of tourist season, but they won't shut down the beach because they don't want to lose the tourist money, right? If I give it that one little twist, now you start to realize why is Jaws different from every other shark movie? because it's about corruption, right? It's not just about scary shark jaws, right? This is not Sharknado, right? It's about corruption underneath all of that, right? It's about politics. It's about the corruptive influence of money. It's about choosing between commerce and life. It's about what are the things we know and don't know. And you immediately probably started to pitch yourself a cooler movie, right? Just when I added that little twist. Now, that particular twist is a socio-political kind of twist. Um, it doesn't have to be that. It could be a twist on the character's journey. It could be a twist on the genre, right? Like um, Get Out, right, is, is a horror movie, right? Except where what's horrifying is 
the idea of being black in a white suburban community, right? It's a little twist on the genre, whereas Scream is also a twist on the genre, right? It's a horror movie that goes through all the horror tropes, but the little twist is that it's a comedy that's also a horror movie, right? Or um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, while we're on horror movies, right? Tucker and Dale versus Evil, it's a twist. It's a horror movie from the point of view of two innocent guys who are just some scary hicks who live in the woods. They don't mean to be scary. They're actually lovely, but the kids are so scared of them. They're so scared of all these horror cliches. The kids actually keep on killing themselves accidentally, trying to get away from these two people that they imagine must be killers, right? So this is a twist on the genre right? It could be a character twist. It could be a genre twist. It could be a journey twist. It could be a world twist. It could be anything, but some kind of ironic twist, something that makes your script slightly cooler, slightly deeper, slightly more alarming than the others in the genre. And here's what's interesting. Most likely, this already exists for you. If you've really done your job and you've really written a great screenplay, then your script is full of twists. So for example, let's say I wasn't interested in the political twist in Jaws. Well, I could go, well, here's the cool thing about it though. But it's a shark that we will never see. That while other shark movies are about the teeth and the blood and the gore and the horror, in this shark movie, it's about the fear of the fin underneath the water, right? It's about the fear that when, when the monster is still in the closet and you can only gl grasp a glimpse of it, right? So it's a different way of pitching a twist on the genre for, uh, for Jaws. Um, if you think about A Quiet Place, there's this twist that it is, that it, uh, the silence, right? You, you, a horror movie where you can't scream, right? Where you can't even rustle a feather, right? There's a twist. But you could also pitch, if you listen to my podcast on A Quiet Place, place, a much deeper twist, which is this family twist, which is about the silence between families, right? And how that silence cuts us off from each other. So there are many, many, many ways to pitch. And what we're really trying to do is when we write a logline, we're trying to not sell out, not talk about the crap that other people are interested in. We're really trying to capture like what makes this so hot for you, right? What was the thing that drew you to it? What, were the, what was the thing that made you go, holy crap, I thought I was writing this, but it turned out to be so much more interesting. So Step one, make it feel like the movie. Step two, make sure you've got that little twist in there, that thing that differentiates you within the genre. Um, the third element, the third element is optional. Um, you don't have to do it, but it's something that I always try to do, um, which is I have this very strong belief that even though I'm a pretty creative guy, even though I like to think thoughts that maybe other people don't think, that it's a big world out there and the chances are that there's somebody else, even on my most unique and original idea, there's probably somebody else who's already thought of it. Maybe their execution isn't as good. Maybe they don't take it to the same place. Maybe it's not as ultimately as interesting as my script. Maybe it's even more interesting, who knows? But somebody's probably already got my idea. And you know what? Somebody's probably even got my twist. 
Um, I see this all the time as a screenwriting teacher. You know, so many of my students come to me thinking, I have an idea that literally no one else has ever seen before, right? No one's thought of this. It is so marketable. I should just be able to sell the idea because it's so unique. Literally, no one's ever thought of this before. I can't believe no one's ever thought of it, but no one's ever thought of it. And they'll come to me so excited about their completely original idea and I have to break the truth to them, which is not only has somebody thought of this before, but I've seen this before. And not only have I seen it before, I've probably seen it multiple times before. Um, and that doesn't mean that they have a bad idea. They might have a great idea. Because as you develop your idea, right, your original idea is always usually has some degree of cliche in it, right? It's, it's not that fully developed yet. You just started out. It's like you're on a first date with your idea. But if you really learn how to do the work of structure, right? The work that we talk about in this podcast, the work that we talk about in our classes, right? If you really learn to do this work of structure, finding your structure organically, not the crazy crap you planned, the incredible stuff that bubbles up from your subconscious mind as you do this work and you harness that and you structure that, your script is going to be filled with additional surprises, right? Surprises that are surprising to your main character and surprises that are surprising to you. And so it's my belief any idea can be made great. Um, if you don't believe me, uh, watch, watch Swiss Army Man, uh, where they actually made a list of all the ideas that they hated in scripts, all the cliches that they hated the most, and then they did a movie that did all of those things, and it is freaking brilliant. So any idea can be made good. Um, and if you've really done the creative work, your script is already going to have more levels of twists, the things that you found along the way as you wrote. So the last element that I like to think about for my log lines is, okay, now I've written this great thing that it's like a poem. It feels like it answers the, it's like a poem. It answers the question, what's this about? It feels like the script, the movie, the TV show. It has a clear sense of the genre, but also the twist on the genre, what's unique. The last thing I try to include is a taste of one deeper twist, right? One more thing that maybe you didn't see coming. So it's like, this is what's cool about it within the genre, but here's the thing that you didn't expect. So if I demonstrate this with Jaws, uh, the basic genre is the killer shark terrorizing the sleepy little tourist town. The twist is that they won't shut down the beach. But here's the element that maybe you didn't see coming, which is now a sheriff who is afraid of the water has to stop this shark before more people die. And you can see this is a character twist, right? The sheriff who's afraid of the water just adds one more level of, oh, wow, I see why this is so cool. And you see, once I get there, all the real main elements of Jaws uh, the script, the feature, the actual film, you've got the hidden shark, which I might try to weave in. In the script, they didn't even know that that was what they were doing. So all the features of the script are now into that logline, right? They're all there. You've got the main character, his dominant trait, 
The ironic twist for a guy with that dominant trait, he's got to stop the shark. You've got the political pressure on him and you can feel that pressure between the town that wants to make money and the sheriff who wants to stop the shark and you can feel the general genre feeling of horror of all these unsuspecting tourists who don't even know what lurks below the surface. That's how I would construct a logline for Jaws. If uh, another movie that came out a couple years ago, more than a couple now, I'm dating myself, but uh, Brokeback Mountain. Now, at the time Brokeback Mountain came out, this was really the first mainstream movie about this, right? And so, uh, sure, there have been lots of movies about gay romances inside the LGBTQ community. Of course, uh, there have been a lot of independent films about it. There have been niche films, but this was the first mainstream Ang Lee directing uh, major release. And what's it about? It's about gay cowboys. And pretty much all you need to say is gay cowboys and you already got it. If you wanted to turn it into a logline, you could say something like, you know, two cowboys try to navigate the complications of their love for each other, right? Um, and you get it. You don't know exactly who the cowboys are. I didn't do dominant trait yet. I didn't do, I didn't do all that stuff. And I could, I could keep on developing that logline. But if Brokeback Mountain hasn't come out yet, this is like, whoa, I got it. Gay cowboys instantly. I already can feel the genre is romance, but there's a twist on it that's like a Western romance. And then there's a second twist, which is that the, the romance is a gay romance. I already have all my elements. Um, but it's really important with your own movies to, to also know like what else has come out. Um, what has come out in this genre? What's come out that's like your film? Um, you particularly want to know the ones that did well, um, but you also want to know the ones that did badly so that when producers ask you, you can go, well, let me tell you why mine is different. Um, so a few years after Brokeback Mountain, a, a movie called The Kids Are All Right comes out. And you know what? The Kids Are All Right is just a movie about gay cowboys, except these cowboys are gay suburban cowboys. And instead of men, they're women and they have kids. So there's the twist on the genre, right? Uh, and that's cool and that's alarming, right? Watching uh, two women with children navigate life as a lesbian couple in the suburbs. Sure, it sounds challenging and interesting. Um, if Brokeback Mountain hadn't come out. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure if that outdoes Brokeback Mountain, right? You can feel the difference in the genre, of course, right? One feels more like a romance. One feels more like a romantic comedy. One feels more drama. One feels more comedy. But um, there's another little tweak that you need, which is that one of them falls in love with the sperm donor father of her children. And you can see, whoa, things got real complicated, right? This is why this film ha coming post Brokeback Mountain is slightly more alarming, slightly more concerning, slightly different. It's not just Brokeback Mountain in the suburbs with kids. It's got this little extra twist. And so this is one of the cool places where art and commerce actually meet, right? So many times in screenwriting, art and commerce are like, art's over here, commerce is over here, and the two of them are duking it out together, going like, what do I actually want to write? Um, this is one of the wonderful places where art and commerce over, over, overlap. 
Um, when you're writing a script, there's a good chance you're going to start out and then suddenly you're going to be unpleasantly surprised when you find out, holy crap, a movie like this is made. Holy crap, these ideas are not that new. Holy crap, my characters are acting a little cliche. Holy crap, my original idea didn't feel as surprising when I wrote it as I did. Or holy crap, a movie just came out that's just like it. Or too similar. And all that really means, that's not a problem, these are just ideas. All that really means is that this is an opportunity to push your script deeper, to actually get under the surface and find out what lies there? What surprises you? What's exciting to you? What's the thing you didn't see coming? What's the choice that you didn't expect to make? What are the given circumstances of the early parts of the film that you can mine in order to create these wonderful surprises that will later lead to your pitch? So one last thought with log lines before we move on, um, which is how do you actually write one? Now, I don't want to oversimplify this. Writing a logline is hard. Writing a logline is like writing a poem. In my Write Your TV class, we spent a whole day on loglines. Um, just on loglines, just focusing on how to write loglines. It's that challenging because each logline is truly unique for that particular script. In my master class, we spend even more time, right? Because as you get closer and more professional in your writing, as you are pitching and selling more, your need to write a great logline grows, right? And your need to understand how loglines and scripts actually match up grows. So this is a very complicated topic. I don't want to oversimplify it in a short podcast. That said, there are a couple of techniques that have worked for me that I would like to share with you that I think will be helpful. Um, the first, um, at first, there are certain elements that always exist in loglines. Um, not all of them exist in all loglines, but certain elements are likely to exist in your logline. So some loglines are mostly about world. Some loglines are mostly about a twist on the genre. Some loglines are mostly about a character with a dominant trait that makes it ironically challenging for them to accomplish something or overcome something with a little twist in their journey that leads them in a direction you didn't expect, right? Um, so you've got journey loglines, you've got character loglines, you've got twist in the genre loglines, you've got world loglines, you've got threat loglines, right? you got, these are the elements, right, of scripts, right? Want, obstacle, need, uh, how, completion, right? These are the same elements that we talk about all the time. Of course, these are the things that we're going to build our loglines around because this is what films are built around. This is what TV shows are built around. So the final thing to think about is to write a logline, you don't write a logline. What you do is you think about the essence of your script. What, what are the elements that matter most? Start with whatever feels like the most important one to you. And remember that your logline is not selling out, right? Your logline is not trying to force your crazy indie script into some commercial ice cube form, right? And put it in the freezer and hope it takes that shape. No. If you did that, even if you did that successfully, someone's going to read your logline and go, yeah, I'd love to read this, and then feel baited and switched when you send the script. Or alternatively, they're going to read your logline and go, ah, what a bunch of Hollywood crap. And they would have actually loved your crazy little indie script. So the important thing to remember is a logline is an answer to what's it about. Write a bunch of different loglines. 
What's it about if I was mostly pitching the world? What's it about if I was mostly pitching the political import? What's it about if I was mostly pitching the character? What's it about if I was mostly pitching the journey? What's it about if I was mostly pitching the threat? What if I, what's it about if I was mostly pitching like the way it was shot, right? Um, what is it, what's it about if it's a TV show if I was primarily pitching the engine, right? What's that big thing that it's about? Um, and play, have fun, write a bunch of these. Really play with the tone. Remember, most of it's about feeling. So be writerly. You're writing a poem. So have some fun. Don't squeeze it down yet. If it's too long, that's okay. Just try to get it out in the pithiest way you can. And what you're going to do then is you're going to look for what are the elements that, out of all these log lines, what are the elements that you find most cool and most alarming? Um, now, one thing to be said, in general, if your script is really ready to go, as you try to write your log line, you should be able to follow the script. You should be able to say, this happens, and then it leads to this crazy choice, and then that leads to this wonderful thing, and this is who my character is. It should be really easy to answer what it's about in a super exciting way, with a couple of cool twists that make it feel really special. Um, you probably should already be able to do that just by following the script if your script is really done. So if you try to pitch your script exactly the way you wrote it and it's not pitching right, that's actually a good sign, but it's a warning sign. What that means is your script isn't really done and your focus shouldn't be writing a logline to help open the door to somebody saying yes. If you're going to work a logline, work a logline to help you understand how to rewrite. So for example, if you notice you're on a super early draft of The Kids Are All Right, for example, and you've written this beautiful story about this family, a suburban family, and all these complications happen. And then on page 80, there's an affair, and uh, by the time they get to page 100, it's resolved. Um, and you're like, I did it. Kids are all right. What a wonderful romantic comedy about what it's like to be uh, suburb suburban moms and all the complications of those relationships. But then you find yourself trying to pitch the script and, you know, all that suburban mom shit just doesn't seem that interesting when you pitch it until you learn that if I lead with the affair, people get real interested real fast, especially when I tell them it's, it's the sperm donor father. Well, that's actually a sign you need to rewrite, right? That's actually a sign that this crazy thing you discovered late if it only works when you pitch it early, it might need to happen earlier, right? You might have just discovered your hook too late. So um, if your logline's hard, it might be time to re-examine your script and really make sure structurally things are unfolding in a wonderful, exciting, and surprising way. Um, so follow the script. You're going to have a bunch of different loglines. And then what you're going to do is you're going to try to take probably about three elements, maybe four. That's probably what you can fit into a logline. So what are the most important ones? And you're going to try to kind of connect them together into one logline. And the way I imagine this is I almost imagine like I'm writing a haiku. I give each idea its own line to make sure there's no redundancy, right? There simply cannot be redundancy in a logline. You don't have time. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to kind of boil down the simplest 
I need to know this to understand this ironic reversal, and then I'm going to understand this when I understand this ironic twist, right? I'm trying to boil down those essential elements that were essential to me in writing the script, that are the heart of the script for me. I'm going to try to understand how am I going to, in the most pithy economical way, connect those together. And usually I'm going to then end up with a really wonderful logline that's way too freaking long. Uh, which brings me to the last question. How long should a logline be? The logline should be as short as it freaking can be without losing something that is vital to get somebody to say yes. So if you feel like leaving this element out is going to keep someone from saying yes, then you might need to find a way to work it in in a pithy way. But if this is just also cool, right? This, if this is just additionally interesting, if this is just not really the essence of the script, but something that you kind of dig and like about it, that's great. That's great. But that doesn't go in your log run. So you're going to take those three or four elements, right? That are the essence, not for them, for you. What is, what is the essential cool thing from which we can start to imagine the other kinds of cool things? What's that feeling? What's that twist in the genre? What's that second little twist that make your script really special at its essence? You're going to capture that in too long of a log line. You're going to break it down with each idea on its own line. And then you're going to slowly start to excise things. You're going to slowly start, you get out your scalpel and you just start cutting things out. And eventually what you'll see is eventually you reach the point where you cut it down and it starts to get worse. Um, but you actually want to cut to that point. You want to actually even cut past that point because sometimes what happens is you find a really great log line that doesn't have one element that you love in it, but that's actually stronger than the one that has all the elements for its shortness. Um, so ultimately the best log line is the shortest log line that is strong enough to open the door. So it's a process of playing with what it might be, expanding, and then contracting, 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 get it to where it seems like it can't get shorter. And you're going to cut a little further than you're comfortable with to see if you can get a better log line for being shorter. Um, with all of this though, here's the most important thing to remember. Yes, you want it to be short. Yes, you want it to have the elements that I talked about. Yes, you want it to feel like your script. But the most important thing to remember is that every log line is different because a log line serves only one purpose. The purpose is to make a person say, yeah, I'd like to read that. Yes, I'm curious. Yes, this feels unique, special, and connected. Yes, this is what I'm looking for. And it's important to know that if everybody loves your logline, you probably don't have a great logline. Because just like you and your partner fight about what Netflix show to watch tonight, right? People fight about genre preferences, right? And a really great logline that really makes you go, oh, I get what this is about. I get what this is going to feel like. I get who this character is. I get what these twists are, right? Oh, I see. I imagine how that's going to work. That's going to make one person go, yes, I desperately wanted to watch this. And it's going to make another person go, you know what? This ain't for me. And so it's important to remember when your logline says, this ain't for me, that's equally good feedback as when somebody goes, I love it. But if someone reads your logline, they go, oh, that's fine. Or they go, oh, it sounds like this. That's a problem. If someone reads your logline and they go, oh, well, you know, isn't that a little bit like this? right? 
that means that you haven't done that differentiation yet, right? You haven't captured that feeling and those twists that are going to make somebody extrapolate. So the last thing that you can know is it's very easy to test your logline, which is post it. Post it somewhere. Don't worry about people stealing your stuff. If someone can write a better script than you just off of your logline, then honestly, you are in the wrong business, right? If someone can outwrite your script just based on your logline, they deserve whatever wonderful success they have. Post it where people can read it. And don't take all their feedback about how to change your logline. There are like handful of professional writers who are great at writing loglines. Most people are not. Um, and most amateurs have absolutely just don't have the experience to even know what a good logline looks like. So don't take their advice about how to change it, how to twist it, what to add to it. No, get that advice from a professional. But you can take their advice about what do you think this is going to feel like as you watch it? What do you think the genre is? Who do you think the character is? What do you think their journey is going to be like? What movies or shows does it remind you of, right? Um, what did you imagine happening once you read the logline? What were the kinds of things that you were able to imagine? And if they're able to imagine really cool things, even if they're wrong, that feel like the kind of things that could happen in your movie or in your show, then you know your logline's working. And if they aren't able to imagine really cool things or say them in a verbal, verbally to you in a really cool way that sounds like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like my show and something I'd want to watch then it means your logline isn't doing its primary job yet. So remember, loglines are hard. They take time. You're not going to learn everything you need in a half-hour podcast, but this is a really wonderful place to start learning how to build that incredible muscle for yourself so that you can start opening those doors when you've got a great script. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to study with me, we have online classes. Um, we have uh, wonderful master classes. We have an incredible ProTrack program that pairs you one-on-one -on -one with a professional writer. And every Thursday night, you can join us for free. We have a discussion about screenwriting. We do writing exercises. We talk to faculty members. It's a beautiful community. So come join us. You can find out more about that on my website, writeyourscreenplay.com.